On this episode of the 476ers podcast, we are going to do a exit survey for the East this time. We did a West last night, East this time, so take it away. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my good mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 56 of the 476ers podcast. Very proud. This is the most consistent thing I've probably ever done in my life. Uh, I've lost a bunch of weight, so that may be number one, but then this is a close number two, is doing this amount of podcasts, uh, especially with the lack of viewership. So that's it's your guys' responsibility to help me out here is all I'm asking. I'm asking for a little bit of help. You know, please let people know that the most popping Sixers podcast is here, and it is me who's giving you all of the hot takes about the Sixers, about basketball. You know why? Because you know what those other guys lack? Let's be clear. I'm able to give you the national perspective as well as the local perspective. So you hear my Sixers anger along with a national, the Sixers are embarrassing, right? So I can do both of those things. I can alternate, you know what I mean? I'm a chameleon of sorts. Um, I'm probably going to start talking about the Eagles too, which is also just as fucking depressing as the Sixers. I don't even know why I bother. It's just going to be a, a, I could just talk, I could talk about these, both of these things without making a name, right? I could just do a podcast, not naming the Eagles or Sixers or naming any of the players. And it would essentially be the exact same confirmation, uh, same conversation, except that I have a little bit more respect for Doug Peterson than I had for Brett Brown, probably. But anyway, let's talk about the East. Uh, We're not going to talk about Philadelphia today. Uh, So in the East, so yesterday we talked about the West. I I mentioned about, uh, I mentioned the Nuggets, you know, if I wasn't clear, because Fred did join, so I didn't completely finish some of my thoughts. But if I'm not clear, just to give a quick rundown, I think the Nuggets might be the team to be going forward. If I'm being honest, just the continuity and all that stuff. Obviously, until LeBron goes, LeBron is going to be up there. But that roster has a lot of holes. And the Nuggets look like they're ascending. If Jamal continues taking steps like this, if Joker continues taking steps, uh, Michael Porter is only going to get better. They're going to be a dangerous team. So, you know, that's scary. Uh, the Trailblazers, you know, they have some flaws in the roster. You know, the the CJ Dame thing is always going to be an imperfect marriage. When it's going good, it's beautiful. When it goes bad, it goes desperately bad. I'm talking about sweeps. You know what I mean? It when it goes bad for them, they get swept, and that kind that sucks. So you know, I'm a huge fan of Dame. If you know me, he's one of my favorite point guards, one of my favorite players in the league. General, I just love how he carries himself. Um, the Clippers, I, I mentioned yesterday, what a disappointing way to go. I don't know how it goes up from here. Um, that was, it, 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 it's not that you just lost in a hopeful way. They lost in a way that was scary. And I don't know, that's not good. The Golden State, don't forget, they'll be back next year. You know what I mean? They'll be back probably for rec. Um, I don't know, you know, they have a lot of plans this off season. We'll see what those plans amount to. I don't think the honest thing is legitimate. I talked about that in previous podcasts. Um, but is them trading for Ben is, that a possibility? Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I don't know what they would have to give up. I got, I mentioned that that probably be look like some sort of package with Wiggins and maybe Draymond, something like that for Ben. Uh, like Wiggins, Draymond, and maybe a draft pick for Ben and Al Horford, something like that. I think probably would make sense because Al would fit well there. Um, the Suns, I like how they played in the bubble. But the Suns, in perfect Suns fashion, wouldn't surprise me that they went 8-0 in the bubble. And then at the beginning of the season, they start 0-8. That wouldn't surprise me, if I'm being honest with you. Um, the Grizzlies are going to be a fun team going forward. They're still a year away and probably a piece away. 
Um, we'll see how this dude develops, um, how all of them develop. You know, uh, Justin Jackson, obviously, and John Morant, and uh, uh, who's the rookie? Damn, what his name is escaping me. It's killing me. Um, oh, that's killing me. Rookie power forward um, who, who showed some signs, signs this year. We'll see how that goes. There are rumors about the James Harden possibly coming to Philly. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that looks until something happens significant. I'm not going to talk about it yet. Um, I, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll talk about it on this podcast. Maybe we'll see, but I don't know where the Rockets essentially go from here. They built a team for Dan, Dan Tony. Sounds like Dan Tony will, will not be returning there. Um, he's a free agent. He wasn't fired. He was a free agent. So don't know how that's going to go. The Jazz um, are a piece away. You, you've heard me talk about Rudy Gobert a million times. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just nah. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It was too easy. Jamal gave him 50 so many games. It's too easy. When Rudy is the, your best rim protector, how much does that do? It's not like Joker didn't play well that series. He had great numbers that series. So, I, you know, the, the, they're a step below. You know, the Donovan, Rudy is 100% to me behind Jamal and, and, and Joker if you were going to rank those twos. Um, and that's it. So that was a quick rundown. Let's get, let's get over to the East because that's what this podcast is about. Um, so we got the Heat. Now, I mentioned this in the podcast pre in two podcasts ago, well, multiple podcasts ago, I'm sorry, that I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, listen, I, I was wrong about conference finals. As I mentioned on the previous podcast, I was going to go down with the fucking ship, and the ship was the Nuggets, and the ship was the Celtics, and I was going to go down with them. You know what I mean? It was evident that I was wrong, but I didn't care. I was going to roll with it. The Heat, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it, it was it was going to require Tatum and Jalen to really take a step up. Tatum took too long in the last two games to get heated up. You know what I mean? Started 0 for 5 in game in game 6, started 0 for 8 in game 5, um, and that's that's a problem. You know what I mean? That That's an issue. My man, you, you're not going to be able to take halves off if you want to be – you know, a, a superstar guy. And trust me, he is there. He's on his way. Let me just be clear. I'm not trying to be critical about him. He has room to grow like most players do. You know what I mean? This is his, uh, he'll be going into his fourth year. And this is only really his second year of, of this, right? Now, it'll be his second year of being the guy. You know what I mean? So there's room to grow. He's going to grow. Jalen is going to grow. Jalen has been adding to his game every single year that he's been in the NBA. He's been just a defender to then a 3 and D guy. And now he's a complete player. I mean, he's more complete than Wiggins, you could argue. You know what I mean? Like, he has become a complete, complete player. He's only going to continue to grow. Tatum has also gotten better every single year. He is going to continue to grow. And Kemba seems to have regressed. But if these two guys continue to take a step forward – it's not going to matter. Kemba taking a step back will probably be for the best. If if you told me Kemba is averaging 15 and 6 assists, let's say 15.6 assists uh, the next few years, I would probably argue that's good for them. That's better for them. And when they need, you know, almost like the Chris Paul role for him. Hey, get buckets down the stretch if we need them. You feel me? Uh, and that might be conserve your energy, play some defense, and in the third or fourth quarter, pick your spots and get us a bucket. And I think that's probably the best role for Kemba at this point, I would think. Um, on this team, there are rumors that obviously Gordon's going to pick up. He has a player option for next year. He's going to pick up that player option. I think it's for like 40 million or something like that. So he's obviously going to pick up that player option. However, he may not be long there. They may be trading him. Now, I mentioned yesterday about uh, Oladipo seems to want to leave the Pacers. 
and how that would be such a good fit for the Nuggets, right? Well, the rumors are circulating that they could see Oladipo go to possibly the Celtics and some, 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 some trade that would essentially like a sign and trade situation that would send Gordon Hayward to Indiana, where he's from, I believe, I think his family lives in Indiana, to Indiana for a sign and trade for Oladipo and Miles Turner. And that would suck for us. I'm going to be completely clear. That would be the worst case scenario as a Sixers fan because our best – now listen, jo- Joel has been dominating Miles Turner now for mad years, but Miles Turner is is definitely more – offers more resistance than Daniel Tice. Um, not only to Joe, but in the paint generally as a defender, as someone who prowls the paint to reject shots. And and relegating Daniel Tice to the bench is their best – that's their best bet. Daniel Tice is a bench player. And I like Daniel Tice, don't get me wrong, but he's a bench guy. You know what I mean? He's going to continue to develop. I'm sure he'll be working on a three-point shot uh, to offer more to the offense. But, you know, he's a bench guy. Miles Turner coming in to their starting lineup and adding that with all these perimeter defenders now. Now you end up having Kemba. You have Oladipo, Jalen, and Jason. That would fucking suck. That's going to blow for us. Like, that is not going to be good for us. Um, that is a very dominant team unless we find a way to get Oladipo. I don't know what that trade would look like, you know, whether we sent Toby for Oladipo, some, something like that. I, I don't know. I think right now for the Sixers, we don't know what's happening with the front office. Everything is, is on the table. Um, but as far as the Celtics are concerned, even if they stand pat, they are going to be the class of the East next year, I would argue. You know what I mean? That, that would be my argument. Uh, unless Hero takes another step. Listen, Hero is good. Don't get me wrong. Hero is a good player. He's more than a shooter. Um, can rebound, can handle. Um, he can do a lot of different things on the basketball court, and good for him. Duncan Robinson needs to grow a little bit. Probably needs to get a little bit stronger, I would think. Uh, his defense isn't – he tries on defense, but it definitely seems like he's not strong enough to stop guys that are just driving and finishing through him. Um, so he probably needs to get a little bit stronger. Tyler is a dog. Obviously, Jimmy's a dog, but Jimmy's getting older, so that's scary for, for them. You know, Bam is is growing. Bam, what a closeout game for Bam. Are you kidding me? I, I forgot to mention this. Yeah, because let's talk about how the Celtics got eliminated for a brief moment here. I just want to point one thing out because um, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Eric Spolster at this point is the best coach in the NBA. You know what I mean? Let's just be clear. He's the best coach. He just eliminated arguably his best competition, and that was Brad Stevens. Um, he outcoached Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens fucked up in one specific – there's just one specific moment he fucked up big time. Uh, and you can watch the game back – the, the, the Celtics end up bringing in Greg Williams. Uh, they take Daniel Tice out, bring in Greg Williams, who's a better defender, move, is, is stronger and moves his feet better. You know, he can defend the perimeter and it's just stronger. They bring in Greg Williams for, 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 for Daniel Tice. And the Celtics mount a comeback. They're down eight almost consistently throughout the game. They start mounting a comeback. They take the lead. And for whatever inexplicable reason, and as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking – Oh, why are you taking Greg Williams out? You just came back with him in. He replaces him with Daniel Tice in immediately. Bam almost takes it as disrespect. It's almost like Bam is like, how fucking dare you think Daniel Tice is about to stop me? Immediately gets the monster dunk on Tice right after that. 
then gets an and one on Tice right after that, gets an assist to Jimmy right after that, and then gets of the final foul and Daniel Tice fouls him out of the game. That all happens in four back-to-back possessions. Um, and that's the name, that's the game. That's the game right there. The Celtics end up not scoring in these plays. That is essentially what gives them back the lead plus an extra a point. And by that point, the, the Celtics at that point get shell-shocked and they they lose the game. That's it. They, they then can't get a bucket after that. Um, I mean, it, what a fucking mistake. Just a big, big mistake by Brad Stevens when he did that. I don't know what he was thinking. They make the comeback with Greg Williams. Why wouldn't you ride the hot He's not even the hot hand, but everyone just felt energized. He, you know, it's like that badge in 2K. Uh, there's a there's the badge in 2K that's called the defensive general or something like that. No, defensive. So it's something like that where where because you're on the floor, all, all of your guys are better defenders now. And that's essentially what Greg Williams had kind of provided. They were just playing more fervor. That There was more fervor to their defense at that point. And they were stopped. They were getting stop scoring, getting stop scoring. Daniel Tice comes in, immediately falls apart. You know what I mean? And I as and the only reason I mention it as a mistake is because when it happened, I said this is not the right decision. I am not a coach. I would never pretend to act like I know more than Brad Stevens, uh, but I knew that that was a fuck up. And when it happened at the moment, I said this is not good. That was not wise. Um, and Spo with with this very basic zone. Listen. Let's be clear. Let's let me let me let me say this because I know I know and I've been critical too, saying how can you not figure out how to score on a zone? Very rarely has there been a zone with so many good active defenders. You know what I mean? Hero's a good defender. Duncan is a good defender. Smart, smart defenders. Then you got then then, then or sometimes you have Iggy instead of Duncan or Iggy instead of Hero. Then you got Jay Crowder and 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 um, Jay Crowder and um, blah, 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 and Jimmy at the top of the defense, and then Bam patrolling the middle. You have a lot of high IQ defenders, active defenders, good defenders, athletic defenders who can recover on every single shot when they go into a zone. You see what I'm saying? And it's not as easy as it looks. I just want to say that. You know what I mean? It's not quite as easy as it looks. Not to say that Brad Stevens shouldn't have had a way to counteract it, but when you're playing zone against a, a group of five guys that are all plus defenders, all athletic, all active, it isn't necessarily that easy. It's way easier said than done. Um, so I do want to just say that. Um, and, and, you know, Spo outcoach, Spo's been outcoaching everyone throughout the playoffs, essentially. Uh, it is what it is. He is the best coach in the NBA. He has now wrestled that mantle for himself. The Heat will be up next year. Um, the Heat, if you wanted to put an asterisk on a championship, I think the Heat getting to the finals is probably is 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 to a degree asterisk worthy because again, to be clear, um, they were sucking at the end right before we went to right before everything uh, stopped. They were not playing well. You know what I mean? And it, it's confusing that they got even during the the bubble, the the the, the during the scrimmage and the eight games after the seeding games. They weren't playing great. And then they hit the playoffs and they turned it on. Now, that could be a function of, like, some veterans who are just turning it on at the right time. Uh, I don't know. But if you wanted to say it's asterisk-worthy, I could see your point. I'm not putting an asterisk on this title. If LeBron wins this, he deserves it. Uh, and because because in actuality, people have been shooting better in the bubble. And that hasn't really transferred for the Lakers, per se, except for Rondo, who turned into to Steph. Um, but – 
you know, I'm just not going to put an asterisk. You know, the Lakers making it make sense. A lot of people had them as the favorites. I did not. I, I'm surprised that they that they made it because the roster sucks. But then LeBron is LeBron, and that's kind of what you get. AD is is a beast. Again, not super vocal and not super, um, you know, whatever. You know, just not doesn't have the force of personality per se, but. Um, but in terms of the numbers, I mean, the sheer numbers in this playoffs for AD are wild. You know what I mean? He's he's earned some credit. He's earned some love. You know what I mean? No question about it. So um, so with that said, so the Heat are, are, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Heat start slow next year. You know what I mean? Older guys, you're relying on, again, you're relying on Iggy. Iggy played really well in that closeout. He went four for four from three. Um, but, you know, he's older. You know, his hair, you see it in his hair, man. My, I don't, my man aged overnight. I don't remember his hair being like that. You know what I mean? Um, Jimmy's going to get a year older. There's a whole reason why I didn't want to give Jimmy a five years because, you know, he's, he's on the older side. So we'll see. We'll see. Next year, the Nets will be back. So that'll be a different beast. Kyrie and KD. Now, again, I've said this a million times. I have no idea why Kyrie, well, why KD left. I do know why, but I don't know why he chose to play with Kyrie. You know what I mean? I know why he left the Warriors. He wants his own team. He thought he would win championship there, and people would be like, KD, KD, KD. And they were like, no, it, it's Steph, Steph, Steph. We all understand what Steph means to this team. KD, you're one-on-one guarded here because Steph is on the floor and is scaring the shit out of the entire defense at all times. Um, and, and, you know, I think he was surprised. So now he chose to play with Kyrie, who to me is just a different version of Russ. A more, a more, um, he's a more efficient version of Russ, but is a different version of him. And the difference is when Kyrie's been alone, he has never sniffed the playoffs alone. I mean, he never, 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 never. When he was on the, when he was after LeBron left and they ended up with Kyrie, it was bad. It was all time bad for a couple years. And all you've ever heard are, are some negative stories about him in locker rooms and, you know, kind of alienating himself. And so I don't know what, you know, I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. You have KD, so that's worth 50 wins probably. And they have a real, let, let's be clear. Even if you subtracted Kyrie, that team is good. If you told me it was going to be Dinwiddie, uh, Levert, KD, um, let's say they, they, let's say they keep, uh, what's his face? I uh, take, uh, not Tayshon. Uh, what the hell? Uh, Prince. Oh, what is his name? Oh, this is killing me. He came from the, came from the, the Hawks. I like him a lot. Uh, and Josh Allen. No, man, I'm, I'm skipping on names. Football is getting in my way here. It is Josh Allen. Anyway, the center. Uh, even if you told me that was your starting five with, let's say, Josh Harris coming off the – Joe Harris. I'm sorry. Joe Harris coming off the bench. I'm going crazy. With Joe Harris coming off the bench uh, and, like, Wilson Chandler and those guys coming off the bench, I would say that's a really good team. That's worth 50 wins to me. Add Kyrie, and that's a 60-win team, arguably. Um, so we'll see. I just don't like that fit. I don't see why KD would want to play with Kyrie if he didn't want to play with Russ. Um, so whatever. Who am I? Um, and then uh, – the Hawks, no. I don't even want to talk about the Hawks. There's no point to it. The Hawks are not going to be good. I've talked about the Wizards on previous podcasts. I think that there will be something to watch. I like I like that starting five. I'm just going to be honest, man. I like that starting five. We'll see what it looks like. Um, who else is here? Who else is here? The Raptors. Uh, the Raptors 
are interesting. So they're in an interesting spot here. They could stand pat realis realistically and I think are going to be a 60-win team next year. They have one of the best coaches in the NBA, arguably the best coach. Um, and they have a core. They have continuity. I would expect pa Pascal only gets better every year. You know what I mean? Listen, they were talking about Pascal again this year for the most improved player. That'd be two years in a row. It's like unheard of that anyone has ever done that. Uh, so if, if you consider that ascent, you would say, well, he's probably going to get better again next year, be able to create his own shot off the dribble, tighten up his handle, do things like that so that he's not so easily game planned out of games. Um, he ran into a tight situation. He couldn't muscle Jalen. Jalen's too strong for that. He couldn't, he couldn't just shake Jalen. Jalen's too good of a defender, too athletic, too smart. It's a tough situation. He should be able to beat Jalen, though, in the post. You know what I mean? But again, it's been much people, many people have spoken about this, that, you know, his post moves are, are predetermined. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's not moves and counters and counters to those counters, right? It's I'm going to now go do this spin move. And everyone knows it's coming and Jalen's sitting on it. So he's going to have to become more fluid and more natural of a decision maker in the post as opposed to somebody who is going to make a move and now the move is executing and a good defender is going to be like, okay, this is locked up now. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but they could stand pat. They're going to be successful. Now there are weird rumblings. I've heard, I've seen a couple people talk about mention the idea of Giannis going there. I don't know what that would take. I'm assuming that it's going to be Giannis for Pascal. Uh, if that trade even happened, I think Giannis is actually staying put. I do actually believe Giannis. You know what I mean? If for nothing else that I have to believe in the good in this world, that someone is willing to stick it out when it gets shitty. Now, that front office hasn't done him favors, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but um, I, I don't know that Giannis is going to end up in the Raptors. I've seen people talk about it. I don't see it. If, if Giannis leaves, I think it is likely he goes to Miami, if he leaves. Um, but we'll see. If he goes to Miami, don't be surprised if Giannis is the center and they trade Bam for Giannis, some sort of thing like that, where Giannis is now the five. I think that is ultimately where Giannis should be. If you really wanted to, to unlock this Bucks team, because Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year because he is such an effective rim protector, but also an effective um, perimeter defender. So imagine, you try to put the center, that's what most teams do, right? Let's put the center in a screen and roll. Get Brooke Lopez involved in the screen and roll because his feet are too slow to react. You know what I mean? Well, no one is putting Giannis in a screen and roll. You know what I mean? And now the only option you have is to put Giannis in a screen and roll and hopefully have uh, have a – or, or uh, the only option you have is hopefully have a center who can, surely, who can spread the floor in a way that's going to allow Giannis to not patrol the perimeter, kind of uh, not patrol the rim, similar to what teams used to do to Kawhi, to move Kawhi to the weak side and run the action to the strong side. And now the best defender is, is, been, is essentially just shutting off a part of the court where no action is going. So, um, but I think that is the ultimate goal, is Giannis at the five and then build out the roster from there. Um, so if, if, the, if Giannis went to the Heat, I would think that Bam goes then. It'd be banned for Giannis or something like that. But I, this is all speculation. What the hell do I know? Uh, just, I'm just talking about some of the rumors that have come up. Now, the Bucs, listen, the Bucs are going to be a 60-win team again because Boonholzer is arguably the best regular season coach in the NBA, but has obviously shown no merit necessarily in, in the playoffs. Now, his teams are flawed. They fucked up big time with Malcolm, and I've talked about that a million times already. They gave the money to Bledsoe. They should have given that money to Malcolm. 
Bledsoe is limited at best, man. That dude has, I don't know how he's been impressing people for so long by being so average. Um, he's limited at best. Malcolm is a better, more complete point guard. You know what I mean? They needed Malcolm in the playoffs. They did. He would have helped a lot. Um, he would have helped a lot, you know? And if it was Malcolm and Eric Bledsoe, it would have been even better. You know what I mean? It would have been a more stacked lineup. That's why, that's part of the reason why they lost. Uh, Middleton, I think at this point for Middleton, this is who he is. You know what I mean? Now, again, he played really well in those closeout games. I want to give him credit. He deserves it. He played super, super good. He was super motivated, a way better uh, creator than I think I, than I realized. I don't know if everyone else knew this already, uh, but is a far better creator than I had even realized. Um, we'll see. That team is flawed, and they need another piece, and I don't know where that piece is going to come from. You know, can they get Oladipo somehow? I, I don't even know how they would do that. You know what I mean? I don't know if they have the money to try to sign Oladipo outright. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if Oladipo, I think, has a player option is going to decline it is what's happening. And if he declines it, then they can sign him outright. But what is, what's that deal going to look like? Um, I don't know if they can even afford it, you know, so we'll see. I don't know what the answer is. Um, the Sixers, you know, I have the most negative out, outlook for the Sixers. There's not a lot of positivity to talk about right now. The front office is in flux. We have no idea what's happening with the front office. Maybe it's not even in flux. They just told us that they were going to reevaluate and blah, 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 blah. There was a rumor that came out somewhat recently that they were going to stop involving Scott O'Neill and these guys in decision-making and that Elton would have an opportunity to be uh, an, an unadulterated GM, someone who's allowed to make decisions uh, all on his own, but I don't know. I, I I don't know what I don't know. We don't know the details of all of this. We don't know all the ins and outs. So I, I don't know what Elton is going to do. I don't know what he can bring. The Al Horford thing was apparently Elton's decision. You know, I, I don't I don't know. That wasn't a good decision, guys. So what? I don't know. Now coaching. We've gone in the last three days. We've gone from it's Mike D'Antoni's job to lose. We're interviewing Teron Lou today, and we called Doc Rivers yesterday. So what is it? Because with, what, the reason why I mentioned that is D'Antoni's job to lose is because seems like they're already making decisions on if D'Antoni gets hired, on what they're going to do to the roster, trying to get James Harden. That's where that rumor uh, stemmed from, that they would try to trade for James Harden. Well, what that's going to look like? Is it going to be James Harden and Ben or James Harden and Joe? Why would the Rockets take Ben for James Harden? and put Ben and Russ together? Or are they going to try to trade Russ for something else? And where would you have the opportunity to even trade Russ to? There's a lot of questions that don't make sense. Sounds like you would be trading Joe for, for James. And I don't like that trade necessarily. Listen, James and Ben is a good mix. I, I think that could work for sure. I, I do am part of the contingency that thinks that could work. I do. I, I, we've seen it work where, James can play off the ball. The thing is, the reason why James and Chris Paul wasn't a great thing was because Chris Paul hated the fact that James did nothing if he didn't have the ball. That's James's biggest problem. Well, he's getting older. You think that's going to get resolved? He's going to be 31. You think that's going to be resolved, that he's going to then move more off the ball? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to start moving off the ball all of a sudden because he's playing with Ben Simmons. You know, Ben gives him the P.J. Tucker type defender, the answer is that Ben becomes the five then. You know, just like I mentioned about Giannis, that is probably Ben's uh, ultimate thing. If you trade Joe, you put Ben at the five, you know, and he can be your initiator. 
but I don't necessarily think that's a good thing with James. Um, and then if Joe ends up playing with, with, with Russ, listen, I get why I get people think of Russ is washed until Russ comes into next year and all, after it's, uh, averages a triple double and until Joe comes in next year pissed because he got traded and all of a sudden the Rockets set the NBA ablaze with a good coach and then what are we going to say and then what's it going to be then they hire Doc Rivers see Doc Rivers is a manager of personalities that's what Doc is good at it didn't necessarily work out on the Clippers but I don't think those were the best personalities to manage if I'm being honest and it's not the fairest thing that he only had one year with this team to make it work listen I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan and I'm not trying to cape for him per se but it's hard to evaluate how someone's going to coach when they only get one year, a one-year chance at a brand-new roster. Um, what, what ruined them was adjustments. You know what I mean? As Lou Williams, as Montrez were getting played off the court, he had no counterpunch for that. You know what I mean? He couldn't alter his defense. He couldn't do a whole lot to counteract any of the stuff that the Nuggets were doing when, when push came to shove. It was, let's rely on talent. Because that's what he's done in most of his stops. You know what I mean? Rely on the talent and go from there. Um, well, if you can manage to get Joe and Russ on the same level, that would be dangerous. Let's be clear. Russ goes to, at 100. Listen, I talk shit about Russ all the time. I'm not the biggest Russ fan. Everyone knows that. That man plays at 100 miles per hour, at 100% of his, 100% of his uh, potential, 100% of the time. Well, if you get Russ to pull that out of Joe somehow, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Some guys need that. A guy like Russ might be able to pull that out of Joe, and then what happens? Well, then you get Joe at his best. We're sitting here pissed off, and the Rockets are a 60-win team and look like they're about to make noise in the playoffs. I heard Ryan Russillo talk about that roster like it was bad. Then we're going to have Russ, Eric Gordon, uh, it, like Russ, Eric Gordon, uh, PJ Tucker, uh, Robert Covington, and Joe. Yes, bitch. Are you crazy? Did you listen to that five? You just said Russ, Gordon, Tucker, Covington, Joe. Yeah, that would suck for everyone in the NBA. That is a lot of good defenders on the perimeter. A bunch of guys who know how to play defense, one of the best rim protectors when he's locked in, and a whole lot of shooting to put right next to Joe. Yeah, that would suck for the rest of the NBA. Let's be clear. That is not great. If you can get them to coexist, every that sucks for everybody. Okay. And then what's our team? So what is our lineup? All right, so James, Ben... Are we keeping, is Al Horford now a starting center? Shoot me. Or is Ben at the five? I don't know. Is Shake still in the lineup? I don't know. Josh Richardson. Okay, so let's go with the shores. James, Ben, Josh Richardson. Okay. Toby. Okay, that's four. And do we go small or do we go big? Uh, do we go small or do we go, yes, yeah, so I just got a notif notification. Lou interviewing with the Sixers. We know that. We just talked about that. Uh, do we go small or do we go big? Do we put... I think we go, if it's D'Antoni's coming here, we're going small. Ben is at the five. And then you put probably Matisse in, if Matisse ever figures out how to shoot. Uh, and then, you, so, your, so your lineup is Josh Richardson, James Harden, Matisse, Toby, who he wants to move back to the four as the reporters. So again, making decisions, even though he's not hired. 
Toby back to the four and Ben at the five. Do I like that lineup? It's cool. It, I do. I do think we could do damage. But how often do we have to see Mike D'Antoni not succeed in the playoffs before we kind of throw the system out? Guys aren't playing defense or rebounding, and and we're cool with that. Ben could do that. Listen, Ben could be the answer to that problem. Let me be clear. Ben could be the, the answer to that problem. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like that. If you're trading Joe, I want guys who can shoot, who, who can shoot spot-ups, who can move off the ball and shoot spot-ups. Does Buddy make sense? Yes, in a world he makes sense. Do I want him? No, I do not want him. Not for Joe. There's no equal trade there. There's no equal value there. Um, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see. A lot of flux. This is the point about the Sixers right now. We don't know what we're going to look like in two months. We have no fucking idea. We don't know what the front office is going to look like. We don't know who's making decisions, who's going to be making decisions. If D'Antoni comes here, he wants a part of the front office, essentially. He wants to be able to retrofit the team for his system. It's up in the air. We don't know. Um, who else is there? The Pacers. Paces are in flux. Moving on from Old Depot makes sense for them. I'll be clear. Moving on from it makes sense because the Old Depot, Malcolm Brogdon thing wasn't necessarily fitting. If the trade happens that they trade Old Depot and Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward, I think that makes a ton of sense, if I'm being honest. Miles Turner has been nothing but a disappointment there. And I don't like the Miles Turner Sabonis lineup. I think that's, that the lineup sucks. I've mentioned that on a million podcasts. But that lineup sucks. You know what I mean? I don't like that lineup at all. So bonus at the five makes a ton of sense. So if you told me that their lineup going forward is Brogdon, I guess Justin Holiday, which, you know, that needs to be upgraded. But let's say it's Brogdon, Justin Holiday, TJ Warren, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Sabonis. Yeah, I think that's a legit five. I like that five a lot, honestly. I think that's like a 55-win five, uh, you know, push the second, maybe get to the second round, push to six games and lose. But I like it. You know what I mean? I, I like that team. I, I think it's a lot of smart guys, a lot of high IQ guys, be a lot of ball movement. Uh, Nate McMillan really proved himself as a coach this year. Um, a lot of guys, I think, were down on him. And this year, he really, you know, he, he garnered a lot of attention, deservedly. So we'll see. I like that lineup. Uh, no one else in the East is worth talking about, I'll be honest with you. The Hawks are not worth talking about. I'm just going to keep it real. Uh, I, you love Trey Young all you want. He's cool. I need my man. My man can't play defense, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's a negative defensively, a negative on the court defensively. You know, that's a problem. My man can score 30 but give up 25. Well, what the fuck? That's not good. That's not good either, homie. Uh, oh, and then the other – so Chris Paul to the Sixers, is there – there is some smoke there too? Again, I, I just – I'm just throwing out the rumors. There's smoke there. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that creates. I don't know how you make that happen. I don't know what it – I just don't know. I don't know what I don't know, and I don't like it. You know what I mean? I like Chris Paul. Chris Paul and Joe, I think, is the ultimate lineup if that's what you're trying to do. But I, Chris Paul's older. You know, Chris Paul, I think, has four more years of being solid, you know, of doing what he just did this year. I think that's likely that Chris Paul could pull that off for four more years. I really do do believe that. Um, and I'm, honestly, that might be Joe's ceiling. Joe's window might be four more years. We don't know. You know what I mean? A lot of injuries, obviously. He's only getting older. Um, you know, we'll see. It's complicated. You know, we're in a complicated relationship right now with Joel Embiid, so I, I don't know what that means. Uh, adding Chris Paul with Joe might might be good. It might be a good thing. 
If you find a way to get Chris Paul with Joe and Ben, that's probably the best thing. Um, ben is never going to shoot. You know what I mean? Ben is never going to shoot. And that that's kind of the problem. So I don't know. I don't know. It's bleak. It's bleak. I don't feel good right now as a Sixers fan. I'll be honest with you, man. There's so many high hopes last year. If you heard me, if I was doing podcasts last year, I would play a preview of last year's podcast comparison to this year's podcast because last year I was excited. I, I knew the Horford thing wasn't going to fit, but I was excited to give it a shot and then pull Horford off the bench. You know what I mean? But it didn't work and it sucked. Not only did it work, not only did it suck, but it was like super bad. And then the Toby contract, and now we got to deal with fucking Jimmy for the next week. People blowing Jimmy. Listen, guys, let me be clear. I tweeted this the other day. Somebody, Mark Jones, I think it's Mark, no, not Mark Jones, Marcus Spears, I think, who writes for Undefeated on ESPN. If you don't know, Undefeated is like kind of like a black subsection of ESPN almost, where they they write like heavy black-centric articles, I would say. Uh, And he's a great writer. Great at what he does, but let me, I don't want to disparage him, but all of the, and I've talked about this last night with Fred in videos that you'll see coming out over the next week or two about guys, people want to just checkmate everybody on Twitter. So you give no context sentences with everyone who said that Jimmy, a bad, bad uh, teammate, we waiting for apologies. No, hold up real quick. Let's chill. I replied to him and said, yeah, I think. I think the other three franchises that had Jimmy Butler before are also waiting for apologies from Jimmy Butler as he came in and burned down these franchises. And, and I, so, so I, and, and my point being, why can't we just keep it neutral? Why can't we be honest? Hey, he burned down these three franchises until he found the franchise he fit in. And this happens to a lot of people. I, I compared this to myself in my career. People go sometimes from company to company to company, so they find the place, they fit in perfectly, and it's great. And in those other places, they're good workers, but they can become problems. They can become headaches for a lot of people. I am that way, unfortunately. I know this about myself. Guess what? Jimmy burned down these other three franchises, found the place he fit in, a place that mirrored his exact, um, mirrored what he wanted, and offered him a young roster that he could build in his own image. And it worked. Good for him, man. I'm happy for Jimmy. Why can't we just applaud that and and not mention the other three? He burned those down. Let's not redo it. All the sources and teammates that came out and said they didn't like playing. I'm sorry, where's Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins speaking up for Jimmy? Where's Derrick Rose speaking up for Jimmy? Where's Tom Thibodeau speaking up for Jimmy? Where's Taj Gibson speaking? Where are all the players that Jimmy's played with speaking up for him? Nowhere. Joel spoke up for Jimmy. Joe, Joe liked playing with Jimmy. That's one guy. Cool. Where are all, where, where's Ben speaking up for Jimmy? Toby speaking up for Jimmy. JJ liked Jimmy because JJ's a lunatic too. JJ is uber, uber, uh, uber competitive, hard worker. So yeah, he spoke up for Jimmy. That makes sense. Where's the other guys? You don't hear them. Where are the coaches speaking up for Jimmy? You don't hear them. Yeah. Jimmy burned down those franchises, man. He was hard to play with for a lot of these guys, hard to coach for a lot of the coaches. It is what it is, and it's okay. It is okay that these two truths exist in the universe. It didn't go well with Jimmy and these three franchises. He was a headache. He wasn't easy to coach for a lot of the teammates, wasn't able to play with. Got to the heat, 
found a coach he could he a coach he respected and liked who could get to him that spoke the same language found all the players that he could influence that would that would play in his image and now it's going good yes that is it both of those things exist that is all that matters kobe before Powell got there was a problem child for mad gears phil wrote man fuck phil but phil wrote a book shitting on him he was alienating teammates he was being becoming very difficult to coach to manage to play with and then it worked and everyone tried to vindicate him no let's we don't need to vindicate the history existed these things happened and then this thing happened and it was good and that's it both these truths exist in the universe i'm sorry everyone that is how history works that's how it works guys that's all that's all i want to say same thing I said yesterday about the about the LeBron storyline with the and they said he couldn't do this in the East. No, we said he couldn't do it eight straight years in the West. That's what we said. Please don't reimagine the story to fit a narrative. It doesn't have to. We can have both these things exist in the same. We can give him his flowers and also still say, I wonder if he would have went to eight straight finals in the West had he been out there all that time. We can still do those both of those things at the same time. It's not disparaging to say that, and I've said this, to say that LeBron is the second greatest player of all time is not an insult. Even though LeBron fans take it as this major insult. It's not, guys. He's the second greatest player of all time. That is the highest compliment to say that he is only second to Michael Jordan, a fucking lunatic that is the greatest player of all time. Holy shit, guys. Holy shit. It can exist. With that said, everyone. Wash your hands. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode too. Subscribe, subscribe. Please share my podcast. If you don't mind, man, a, a brother would appreciate that if you feel me. You know what I mean? I don't know what that voice I just did was. Please share my podcast. Get people to subscribe. I love you all who listen. Uh, mad love to all you guys, all my friends, all my homies who give me a shot, who even play the podcast and don't even listen to it, but just want to give me the view. I appreciate y'all. Um, take care, everybody. Wash your hands. Black Lives Matter, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Final start tomorrow night. This will be out Wednesday morning for you to listen to. Um, I'm picking the Lakers in six. Um, we'll talk about every game. Probably after every game, I'll release a podcast to talk about it. And yeah, I'll see you then. Stay safe. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in.